This podcast has no affiliation to the 501st Legion or any of its garrison squads or detachments. It is also not affiliated with Disney, Lucasfilm or any of its properties. Welcome back to The Wrist, and I'm one of your hosts, Glenn, and your other host is Brenton. That's me. And we're sitting down with Paul. And like Vader said, glad you could join us, mate. Oh, my pleasure. Again. And we would like to talk about your journey to the Legion. Uh, where do you want to start? Let's start with your 40th birthday. Okay. Maybe I should step back a little bit. To 2012? Let's step back to maybe the, just after the dark times, just after... Uh, Marriage, kids. Okay, and let's cut, cut let's that out. Yeah, cut that out. Lucky they don't listen to podcasts. Yeah, let's. Let, okay, so you want to rewind? Here we go. All right. Thanks for coming, Paul. Jeez, uh, thank you. Talk favorably about your family for a little bit. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think in the the early two thousands, you know, had the getting married, kids, mortgage, all that sort of fun stuff. New job, mortgage. Did I say mortgage? Yeah. yeah. How many mortgages you had? Yeah, only the one that was enough. But not a lot of time for Star Wars, unfortunately. Yeah, still loved the movies, still watched them, still introducing the kids to them early as, as early as I possibly could. But in terms of being able to really embrace that passion and get super involved with the community, not really any chance to be able to do that until the kids got a little bit older. And it was around about that same time that we started to get news that there was a new episode coming out that they were finally going to be making Episode Seven. And I thought, and that was when Disney bought. The franchise, yeah, 2012. Yeah. And and that was pretty exciting. And I thought, oh, there's so much promise here. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, what's going to happen after Return of the Jedi? What are we going to dis- discover? And it was really an opportunity then, I think, to get right back into the, the community, a little bit more involved. So I, I started to listen to, to the Stillward podca- podcast. The, when, um, sorry, when you say community, you mean just Star connect, Wars? Connecting with fa- uh, the fandom, yep. connecting with other people, yep. um, whether it was, you know, like back in the nineties, when I was connect, like connecting with other collectors, or you know, going to the Phantom Zone Skywalking. back in the day, Skywalking, yep. and all that sort of stuff. Just being able to talk nerd stuff with with fellow nerds. Um, didn't really have that op- opportunity. New film coming out. Started getting into the the Steel Wars podcast, and they were really right right on top of the um, you know that that buzz, that excitement of what what could be happening. And they were reflecting on the you know the, the old films, the prequels, and the um, and and the originals, and it was a lot of fun, uh, like a heaps of fun. Um, so I started getting a bit engaged with those guys and talking a little bit to Steel online through um, you know the social media channels, and then it just happened to be that you know, I must have been thirty eight, thirty nine. Found myself in Parramatta, back where I, I sort of grew up, and I stumbled across this uh, in the, in a back street there, a, a shop that had in the window front had a, a stormtrooper costume. Oh, this is nuts! This is something like this has never been in Parramatta before. This oh, is oh dear! This is pretty cool. A shop called the Sarlacc Pit. I thought oh, I've got to check this out, so I, I walked in and um, started chatting with the proprietor, uh, you know, a guy by the name of Daryl Johnson. And you know, I think I was in there for maybe one and a half hours. Susie, my, my wife, had sort of said, "You stay here, talk nerd. I'll come back." Yeah, a little while later, and I think she came back twice, and I was still talking, <laughs> not ready to go. And I, now, unfortunately for Daryl, he was probably the first person I'd really had any Star Wars connection with for 
maybe a decade or so. So yeah, it all got unleashed upon him. Yeah, I was talking about the Stormtrooper costume out the front there and saying I was, you know, was kind of interested in getting a, a costume. You know, yeah, my 40th birthday was coming up. I could maybe treat myself. And I thought, yeah, that, that, this could be it. And I, and I had heard about this group called the Five Out First Legion. I didn't know a lot about them. I think I had a vague idea of what they did. Um, I'd seen a documentary, um, I think, about the Rose Parade um, with with the, the Five Out First Legion doing a big march with George Lucas and... And I thought it was all very unattainable, like super untouchable. I had no idea about how to put armour together. Um, I'm not great with tools. And so I was talking to, to Daryl and, and I ended up commissioning him to build my, um, my, my Stormtrooper kit. So that sort of began a, a fairly lengthy process, about 18 months, um, to, to get that um, to, to fruition. But I ended up getting a, a kit from Walt's Trooper Factory. Ended up doing heaps of trips from Newcastle to, to Parramatta, um, yeah, it felt like every other weekend, just getting sized up and, and slowly building the, the kit up. You know, and f- for me, that was it, w- it was those trips there that, um, yeah, to, to the shop there that I, I would start to meet some other people that end up being part of the, the 501st. Uh, Lisa Mitchell was one of the early ones that I, I got to meet with. Um, Paul from Wollongong, who wasn't a member at the time, but he was just getting his Stormtrooper kit up and ready um, to go. And, and his purpose was to, to get onto the Legion as well. Ended up being a pretty interesting time, learning how to put armor together and all the the do's and don'ts. And it was around that time that I, I you know, the, the end goal was to be able to have this kit for my my fortieth birthday, because I was doing a, a science fiction themed um, you know, dress up party for the friends and family. And it was before I'd really made much of the way of, of any connection to anyone in Newcastle. So it was all people that I knew from Sydney and um, you know, family from interstate, and and everyone got right into it. And unfortunately. My kit wasn't ready for my 40th, but Daryl was gracious enough to be able to, to, to loan me his, his clone trooper. So he, he's got the blue uh, clone trooper from um, the Five First Legion in Return of the yep. uh, Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. And he, yeah, he loaned that to me for the night, and that was the first time I'd ever worn a costume. Is that also used in a photo shoot for Lake Macquarie City Council for the it, libraries? It was, yeah. Was that, that, the, that was when the, you borrowed it that time, or did you borrow it again? No, nah, I didn't borrow it again. It was, I held on to it for a little while. Okay. So it was around about the, so the night of my 40th birthday was actually the, the opening day for the cafe, the, the Empire Coffee Co. Oh, it was um, the Imperial Recruitment Day. Yeah, the Imperial Recruitment yeah. Day. Uh, and that was the very first cafe. That was the one, was it Union Street? Yeah, corner of Union and King Street. Yeah. So, so um, you had dropped in. I dropped in a few weeks earlier yep. to meet you. but um, Because how did you find out in the Newcastle Herald? Yeah, there was something about uh, a stormtrooper that would wander the streets and opening a cafe. Yeah, and, and so I, I popped in on a. Who's on that a day crazy off. old man? Yeah, <laughs> I, I end up meeting. It's me. I end up meeting Joe. Um, uh, she was looking after Kathy. Yeah, the I cafe wasn't there that. Day. I think I was sick that day. No, no, you were out walking the streets in your oh. stormtrooper kit. No, no, I think I was out. I was in. Oh, let me think. No, I think I was in my stormtrooper, and Matt Denham was with me. I wasn't well, actually. I had to stop at one point and he had to hold my helmet while I threw up in the gutter. <laughs> Lovely. It was probably dehydration with that leather storm. No, because it was like June and July. It was pretty cold. Okay, fair enough. No, I was, I was a bit under the weather. But, yeah, you had dropped in, so I just missed you. Yeah, and it, I think our only contact had been through email for a long time. That's right, we, yes. We, we had a bit of correspondence there. I think I'd said I was getting a kit commissioned and um, that I was interested. And in, Because Daryl had put me in contact to say, oh, Glenn's the, the local um, person you want to talk to. And 
um, yeah, get in contact with him and, and yeah, he sort of show you some of the ways. I heard a lot of stories from Daryl as well about, uh, about the, you know, trooping, so of, of troops, uh, the uh, events that we attend. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so it was that was a pretty interesting time. I think Joe would have told you about the Imperial Recruitment Day and then via our emailing I mentioned it and you're like, that's the weekend of my 40th. Yeah. Yeah, so I was a little bit bummed that I couldn't um, couldn't get there for that, but I had an awesome fortieth. Wore the wore the kit for the first time, like wore a kit for the first time. Felt awesome, like I, I felt like I just stepped out of one of the movies, and everyone loved it as well. I mean, everyone else was all dressed up. I had Doctor Who's and and all sorts of people there, they had all sorts of characters. But that kit just yeah, oh, I felt a million bucks around yeah. that. Because I started the Imperial Recruitment Day to reach people like you. Because we had always attended events to support events, and I thought, let's just do one where we get to stand around and talk about ourselves, take our helmet off, and chat. And Pasco already knew about because he was he worked across the road. This is Pasco that you I don't know, some invisible man, dude. And so Pasco was there, but so was Susan, Alan, and Chris came for that too. Yeah, Chris was there. Uh-huh. Jacob. Um, there were several, yeah, Brenton was Thank there. You. There was quite a few people that were there, but we already knew each other. Yeah. I'm talking about all the people that I didn't know who turned up for the first time because word it's, oh, well, it, was in the, it was in the local paper, in the Herald, and then people turned up en masse because yeah, there was like up to a 1,000 people at one point on that corner. We had a string quartet playing the Imperial March. So you missed that. I did miss that, and, and I, I think... Something interesting that I, I found with the cafe, the, that it was a perfect time for that thing to, to open. I, I think it was the a mixture of the excitement for yeah. the new Star Wars. Also, a multi-million dollar advertising campaign was about to be launched. Yeah. <laughs> but also I think you know, the, the audiences for um, obviously the original trilogy but also the prequels were, were adults. There was a void that needed to be filled and I think the cafe found that void. And it became a, a, a bit of a, a clubhouse. For, yeah. for Especially when it family. moved from there because a week after that Imperial Recruitment Day, we closed that because it was way too small and then we moved. But then that opened up a whole, you know, it became like a clubhouse. It became a place where people could drop in and talk about Star Wars. And then it just so happened like I'd have there would be a member who would be visiting at the same time. And then so I'd, they'd be chatting to me and then this member would jump in. It was like it was planned. Like it was, a, we were recruiting for a cult group, and then they we could pass them off to each other, and people could start chatting about it. So I don't think I got to meet you until it was August two thousand and fifteen when it they, was the release of the Force Awakens tour. I think that was that was September the fifth. Oh, was it? Yes. Yeah, we were at the midnight. Um, release the, the, the so-called midnight release of the the toys that came yeah out the Force Friday and the the poor people that came out Waratah had had no idea anything was happening and these people with Star Wars costumes rocked up. You were in your your um your leather storm. I was in the leather stormtrooper outfit actually. So I think with Karen, a Lego head. Did I have the Lego head on? Yes. 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 So what we what happened for that was the cafe. We were trying to find a new premises, so that was closed. But there were, you had been added to a Star Wars local group for Newcastle and it was on there that people started chatting going is there any events doing this Force Friday thing and there should there may have been in Sydney but locally I reached out nobody was doing it and nobody wanted to do it except for the fact that Kmart was 24 hours a day back then and (laughs) so we're just like yeah let's go and Brenton didn't go 
No. I told him about it. He didn't. We were actually talking about it as it was happening. I was sitting at home. I know exactly where I was. <laughs> I was sitting at home at my computer, looking at my banking online, going, I have no money. <laughs> I'm not going to a Star Wars thing where I could possibly buy toys with no money. Well, it would have been pretty safe for you. Yeah, because there was nothing. Well, it depends. I mean, it was not uh, it was a great range. Like, you could have easily blown through a few hundred dollars yeah. there. But, yeah, so we all turned up and then there was – Richard was there. That, yeah, that's right. Now, I don't remember Richard being at the Imperial Recruitment Day because he wasn't. Caroline but he, was he, Yeah, Caroline. Andrew. Yep. I, Brad I, Brown. I, yeah, Brad was there. Yeah, yeah. I and actually found a photo of it while I was, um, yeah, having a look through uh, some of my, my pics and my albums as well. Yeah, because you did a shot. You did a photo like the Academy Awards photo that Alan had taken. Yep. Very similar to that. And then I sent that into the Newcastle Herald and they published it. That's right. So that was, um, yeah, that was our first time. And I, I think we all just stood around talking Star Wars for, oh, it was ages. Cause, I mean, they didn't have any toys out. So we were no. waiting for midnight. And But, yeah, I think it was a, a good opportunity to sort of get to meet everybody in person. Yeah. And I think it was shortly after that I might have gone to to Crown Street and started, because uh, at, at the cafe at Crown Street, he started to do Star Wars trivia nights. Yes, that's right. And so I, I got to meet a few people there and um, Luke um, Guru was one of those people there. Because um, you got stuck on the same team. There was yeah, a yeah. there was some individual... Were you there with a friend? You came no, with a, no you anybody. didn't come with a friend. So, yeah, there was just a bunch of individuals. Yourself, yep. Luke, Piggott. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and we, we blitzed it, I think. I think you did. Blitzed it enough for... Um, for it to, to end up getting a, a team uniform next time. <laughs> what uh, un- unintentionally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're listening to Radio Tatooine, where we broadcast live across the galaxy on frequency 1138-743-C. Coming up next is a request... From the year 4ABY, from a little band I'm sure you're familiar with, Frigrand Dan and the Molu Nodes, and their hit, Cantina Music. There was a T-shirt that came out that had, I think it was a battle, it was ATAT Walkers yeah. and it said Empire. And oh, three y- of you just rocked up in the same Well, shirt. no, two, one person, who who owned them? I, I owned one. Okay, you owned one and, and Pickett went Mark, out. Mark had one and then... Um, they didn't pick, Pickett bought, bought one. Pickett bought two and gave one to Luke. Oh, yeah, right. I think that's, we'll say that Luke was yeah. the one who got the freebie. Sure. But they were, um, and I think... It must have been Mick Hills that was the... He was um, the, the MC, the, the MC yeah, the dressed up as a Jedi, as AB1. Yeah, it was yeah. heaps of fun. Like, yeah, we had, a, we had a great time those those nights. So, And I think it was really from them, and, and then probably pretty much every weekend heading down to the cafe to, to meet everybody, you know, and starting to interact with a lot of the other local Five First members. But they end up being... It, it ended up being a really interesting time because there were so many people that were refinding their love of Star Wars or wanting to become 
uh, more involved. And it seemed to be a, just a, a bit of a perfect storm for, for things where yep. we end up getting a – there was a heap of new membership for the 501st at that yeah. time, you know, myself eventually included once the, the kit was built. But it, Well, definitely a lot of interest and then people wanting to get hold of kits. And Christopher was coming along because he had a kit yep. and he wasn't approved yet. But he was turning up and whenever he could just so he could wear the kits out the front of the shop. And Susan was getting a Jawa kit. Jawa, yeah, because I'd got the Jawa and then so she, she and I think Luke got a Jawa each. What? Cause I know oh, no, it wasn't Luke. Luke. It was Luke was doing a Jedi. That's right. No, Luke was much later. It was um, Susan and who's also that guy doing the clone. Forget his name. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Forgotten his name. Who's doing a clone? The other guy. Remember, and he wanted to do. do he had a. Dro- he got three D printed a drop bear amulet or well shoulder. Dave. Not Dave. I'm cutting all this out. He had a beard and had eyes. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> Did he have like a nose. Yeah. But he was missing teeth. No, no, he had the teeth as well. Of. I've only just remembered him because I've got to find him on Facebook and I can't refriend him. I think of anyone else that was doing a clone. Yeah, yeah, locally. Yeah, locally. Oh. Not one of the RFS guys. Who? Um, ben. Yeah. No. no. Oh. Jacob. His name's Jacob. I think you're... I'll find... Smoking. I'll, nah, I'll find it. You're still fatigued from last night? <laughs> no, from the ride back up on the... Speeder bike going through I'll just, those uh, waves on yes, the Jacob. Yep, Jacob. Forget his surname. You've chatted to him. You chatted to him in the. I'm sorry, Jacob. <laughs> it's lost on me. He does a podcast actually with his mate Ben, and he's got another friend named Michael. I'm so lost. <laughs> Are you full of shit? No, I'm not full of shit. <laughs> There's another dude. He's he's like the first guy in Newcastle to have a clone kit, but he hasn't finished it. It was Jacob. Yeah, his name's Jacob. Oh, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you know who I'm talking about now. Yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. Fuck me. But you've forgotten all about him, haven't you? No, I know all about him. But you'd slipped your mind yeah. because you probably haven't thought about him for a while because you're not on Facebook. No, I, I gave Facebook up. So that that's the unfortunate thing with just miss you just lose everything. Yeah, when you deactivate your Facebook account, you forget people's names. Yes. I can't remember his surname. All right, so cut all that. Yeah. And, yeah, Jacob had a Jawa outfit as well, yeah. Yeah. Why are we talking about that? Oh, that's right. There were people. Because there's too many of you. <laughs> no, there needs to be more. The world would be a better place with more. I wanted to, ar- to organise an event called the Running of the Jawas on Hunter Street. You would do the running of anything. We'd get as many people, you know, Jawa cosplayers, and we all run down Hunter Street. And just ransack every shop on the way down. Just steal stuff from everywhere. It would be wonderful. Until you get, like, crash-tackled. By who? Well, by co- cops thinking you're a tourist. Oh, f- that's, a police that's a different in, story. Police in Newcastle, yeah. <laughs> but there ended up being, a like, a, a really unique point in time where I, I think there was just a lot of fans going to the cafe, a lot of excitement, and, and the cafe was decked out really cool. Like, I mean, there was... You know, all, all the the, um, the memorabilia everywhere, the posters, you had shower screens and... Um, <laughs> they're making it sound weird. Because <laughs> <laughs> we'd all get together and have communal showers. I bought a bunch of shower curtains off Amazon and they make great wall hangings, by the way. 
or even if you want to put it up as a curtain. Yeah, and I would rotate. I had a whole bunch of them. I'd rotate them. And then there was the room out the back where we all get naked. (laughs) There was the room out the back where people would get changed into their kits. Of course, I had staff members who liked to barge in when there were certain clone troopers getting changed. Oops! No, that wasn't that. That wasn't an yeah. She's she was only human. Yeah, can't blame her. (laughs) It had a some some really awesome uh, that stormtrooper artwork. Um, that that Maddie did, yeah, the big that was incredible. The big mural of the stormtrooper helmet, yeah, that was cool, and that really comfy couch. Oh yeah, the big black leather couch. Yep. So anyway, uh, what other interesting things happened to you <laughs> on your way to the Legion, <laughs> apart from the cafe? <laughs> so I, I think um, yes, yeah, so getting really involved in the community again that really helped to to get that energy, and it was from shortly after, like from that point, pretty much that I'd started wrangling. So um, uh, you know. Wrangling is the, I guess, the, the role that, that we like to have in the Legion when you're going to events. Where Support crew. Yeah, you've got mm. someone that can help people get into kits or if there's a malfunction. Someone that's not in, like encumbered with, a, with, with armour um, that can help out. And they're also they're the, the link between yourself and the uh, patrons. That's right, yeah. can help getting, get photos sorted, yeah. uh, you know, organise people and, and making sure you're not hitting kids over accidentally with your blaster or... Because um, you, can, you, you can't see anything below a certain point. That's right. So, yeah, wranglers are incredibly, incredibly important. So I ended up wrangling for like, that whole time that I was waiting for my kit. So it was, like, it was, it was about 18 months' worth of, of wrangling. So by the end of it, I was just busting to actually have a, a, like something to wear and, and not be the one running around <laughs> doing everything, um, taking photos and everything like that. So. And there was... When you were then approved... There was this bit of a crossover. We were, we were creating a squad, so we went from just being a loose collection in an area of. And we were all legion members, all garrison members, but then there was this other sense of of um, being comrades because we became a squad, and so we were. The process kicked off just before you were approved, and we were approved just after. We were proved as a squad just after you were yourself and Susan, and there was at least one other person. Chris was close to me. He might have been a. He might have had voting. I think yeah. I think he got in just before we kicked it off. But there were three of you. There was fifteen of us. We needed twelve. There were fifteen of us, and I just said because I was I became the squad leader. I said whoever's approved when we get the official nod. This is the team. This is the founding members of the squad. So there was 18 of us, 18 founding members of a squad, which was interesting as far as numbers go because there was may have only been not even 18 people when Southern Star Squad became Southern Cross Garrison. So instead of there being, uh, there being like almost 18 members in the whole of New South Wales, here we were kicking off a squad with 18 members in close proximity to each other because it was people – probably half an hour, 45 minutes at most, when we're talking people living further out from Maitland that could get from there to right into the CBD in Newcastle. So I got approved in May 2016. Yeah, So I got my numbers in, TK 25775. Does that have a relevance? Yeah, it's my birth date, yeah. so it's 25th Same. of July 75. Yeah. Yep. What's your CVC code on the back of your <laughs> <laughs> nice. credit card? So... um. Yeah, so, I, and I think... Oh, just one other question. What's your dog's name? <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. I know the answer to that. 
Butler's maiden name. Yeah. <laughs> just for our record. <laughs> this is just housekeeping, general housekeeping. Yeah, right, yeah. It's for the COVID checklist. Yeah. <laughs> so I think my first... Well, my first official troop was um, up at Rutherford. Um, it was a... a <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, we're going to yeah, continue. Because there's... No, no. Because there's stuff I'm going to ask you about that troop. Oh, no. Yeah, so I think my... I had trooped at the cafe. So not... Sorry. When I, I let, Let's cut that out too. I had uh, worn my, fir- my, my costume for the first time at the cafe. That was when I was dressed as a Joel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think you came along because I'd done some special thing where you could go in the drawer to win a breakfast served by a Star Wars character. That's right, that's right, yeah, I I remember now. Um, And you missed the bowl because you were a stormtrooper. Yeah, I couldn't see a thing. Um, But it was heaps of fun, yeah, so it was the first time getting into kit. It was, yeah, obviously not an official 501st event, but it was um, first time trying out the armour and, you know, being in public with it. And I'm a, a... Quite introverted. Um, I've never wanted to do a face character at all. So, um, so a face character is something like an officer or something like that, where where you can actually see and interact with somebody um, and, and see their face. But um, you still feel that way? Yeah, yeah. I, I'd much rather uh, be behind a helmet yeah. for sure, um, for a couple of reasons. Yeah, I like the anonymity, but I can also embody the character a lot more. It's going to sound a bit pretentious, but no. you know. With a with a normal stormtrooper, like a sorry, a, a, an original trilogy stormtrooper, there's not much to those characters. Like they stand at attention most of the time and and can't hit anything. Whereas I, I've also had an opportunity where um, first order stormtrooper, and they are a lot more aggressive, um, and they're really fun to play. Um, yeah, obviously, still you, you're playing that character in a fun way. You're not, you know, you're not endangering. But stroking anyone? Yeah, no, that's right. But you can really feel that in and embody that character, and and because it's such an uncomfortable kid, it makes it easy to get irritated. So <laughs> it doesn't take much to get into character. Yeah. So um, yeah, I really enjoyed that. And they, those like first order stormtroopers, they charge around like crowds and and stuff like that. They don't walk slowly, and and you can actually see a lot more with them as well. So I had a first order stormtrooper kit for a little while, but I've also got a death trooper kit, and the same thing. They're they're quite a lot more imposing, and they're, they're, there's a little bit more interest to to that playing that character. Um, so yeah, that's why I, I prefer to be behind a helmet. I, I find I can I can act a little bit better. Yeah. Um, then yeah, but if I was exposed, I, I think yeah, I'd be I'd feel too too exposed with, with having an officer or something like that on. Also, too, we go to a hospital. It's great to have that helmet to cry in. Yeah. Yeah, and you do it's 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 yeah pretty difficult to do some of those troops and um, yeah you don't want to the, see the fam- you don't want the families or the kids seeing you sort of um, get get teared up or anything like that so yeah absolutely yeah my first official five hour first troop was up at Rutherford so it was kiss goodbye to to MS um, and it was just at at Woolworths there they were doing a, a bit of a fundraising um, activity so I think that was something organised by Clive wasn't it Yeah it was yeah so well Clive was there Yeah yeah he I think he had some family that lived up that way so Clive's um, his daughter know, works at the Woolworths That's right and Yeah he did it that she did it that time yep. Yeah and he he's got a um, a snow tr- snow tripper kit Yep um, so yeah he, and he's one of the, yeah he's been a, a legion member for for a long time forever. Yep um, Clive's so a good guy Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, got a lot, of t- lot of time for Clive, and so yeah, he was up there for for my first troop, and I think um, it was Chris. Chris, oh, Chris was ev- at everything. Um, <laughs> so Chris had trooped the opening of an envelope. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and I say that in love. Yeah. I popped the seat on the toilet once, and he was standing. There. <laughs> what are you doing, mate? Yeah, he's telling him to move along, move along. <laughs> So yeah, I, I think uh, yeah, Chris was there, and so was uh, Susan. 
and we we, we had a, a wrangler there as well. Oh, Susan was doing yeah. the wrangling duties. No, no, Susan no? was was Jower. Okay. Oh, that's right. Sorry, you did have a wrangler. We'll we'll call him Herb. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's not his real name, by the way. Yeah. But that fits. Yeah. So Herb was keen to join the the Legion, um, and eventually didn't. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't it's know how. Look, the Legion. Do you want to get into that? No. We don't have to talk about that, but you can talk around it. The, the Legion isn't for everybody. No. Uh, we aren't going to help you uh, or we're not going to do everything for you. So there's, a, there's, a, there's aspects of the Legion where you have to do this yourself unless you do commission somebody to do it for you. We're going to give you guidance, but it's, it's a bit harsh when – people sort of think that because we do have these armour parties that you're going to come to this thing and then just expect people to do it for yeah. you. It depends on the dynamic and the people involved and the skill level. I mean, you know, we spoke to Trav last week. Trav helped me immensely Yeah. over, well, I'll say months, but there, it wasn't like every single, it was every few weeks I'd go there and I'd do some work and in the end everybody's frustrated because, look, you should be approved with this and what's the problem? And then you get these minute little details you've got to fix up, which that's probably why people will uh, look down on the Legion and go, oh, you know, you're perfectionist or, or it's, it's all exclusivity. It's, but it's, we want it spot on. And then you get these people with kind hearts and abilities who come in, they help you meet that goal. So oh, yeah. you're not just left on your own. But, yes, you can't come in with expectation that you can just rock up and just be like, you know, just... <sighs> Build it for me, yeah. And that, that's not that's not what happened in this instance. In this instance, it was. Oh no, I, I, I yeah. wasn't saying that. Yeah, I know. But in this instance, it was more. That <laughs> we're kind of being called on to be babysitters yeah, like for a, for a yeah for a, uh, an incredibly grown man who probably would have been great as a Palpatine um, cosplayer. He just needed the cloak. Yeah, just the cloak. <laughs> Okay, for this segment right now, we've got Stonk. Stonk's got a question for our guest, Trav. Can you just bring up the blackboard there? And he's... He can't... Because he can't talk, obviously, because he's a chimpanzee. And he's just drawing... He's not real good with his words either. Looks two circles. What's that? Brenton, What what's he trying to say? I can't... There's a question mark there. All right. It's very basic chimpanzee, but I think I can read it. Okay. I, so what Stonk wants to ask Trav is, um, was Endor the planet or the moon? I think that's what it says. Yeah, he's nodding his head. It's definitely okay, yeah, look, he's, he's nodding. Uh, well, it was the planet moon of Endor. Is Endor the planet or the moon? The moon. It is the moon? The planet moon. Forest moon. So we the forest moon of Endor. Yeah. The forest moon of Endor. So no, it's the moon. So the moon's called Endor. Not the planet. I always hated this. <laughs> Pretty friggin' happy about himself. He's a controversial little chimpanzee. This is why he wanted to ask it, because he's a he's a quite a pain in the bum. He is, isn't he? Yeah. Um, what do you believe? Is it the moon Endor? Or is the planet that the moon runs around Endor? Because it is called the Forest Moon of Endor. The Forest Moon, yeah. Or a so Forest it's a, Sanctuary. So it's a planet, but it's a moon. It's a moon. That's the way I always because thought of a, it. Because it's a, it's a satellite of another... It's a satellite of a bigger planet. Yeah, which yeah. is a, a gas giant. Yes. Right. So is the gas giant called Endor? Stonk asked me how to you know put this question together for him. I don't like Stonk. Yeah. Maybe sound dumb. Endor, the planet, 
is a gas giant and it has about eight or nine moons. And the forest moon of Endor is also called Endor. Oh. Yep. Okay. And the system has two suns. That's called Endor One and Endor Two. Oh my two. god! <laughs> so the whole system is called Endor. It's the Endor system. It's the Endor system. Yeah, and there's a gas giant called Endor, a moon called Endor, and both the suns are called Endor One and Two. Yep. Yep. Okay. So I had to learn all that really crap information because a monkey forced me to. Yeah, it's his contribution. Thanks for that. Thanks, buddy. Donk. Bye. <laughs> So we did the Spears Point troop. Yeah, it was a, a great event. There was people everywhere. Everyone was excited. And there was a lot of us. A lot of us. We had three we had three Wranglers helping out. Yeah. How many stormtroopers? I think we had maybe four stormtroopers. You could have had four. Size. There was or maybe three and a, a scout trooper. That's right. That's right. Richard was a scout trooper. I was dressed as a Joa and I got some good photos. There was a shot of me running away with a carrying a bicycle. Being chased by one of you guys dressed in white, and then there was another shot where the stormtroopers and the scout trooper were lined up at a portaloo with the door closed, and then the door was open, like, and I'm in my jaw, like flinging it open, ta-da! And you're all like holding your noses, like you're going to throw up. So there was a gr- there was a couple of great photos there. So we had a bit of a break. We had a water break. And I could hear this African drum circle off in the distance. So I felt the call of my people. And I'm not just talking about Joas, I'm talking about the African drums. And so I thought, I'm going to go check it out. And I'll just, and I, I went over there and I circled around because I, I didn't want to just walk in the middle of this thing and just take over. And I wanted whoever was leading it to see me and then go, hey, do you want to hop in and play a drum? Not thinking that I could play a drum. And then, you know, this Joa does this fully sick um, djembe solo. So um, let's let's just get a, a mental picture of what a jawa looks like for for everybody. So yeah, well, if they're listening to this podcast, I think they know. So yeah, so, so <laughs> a, an, an adult, um, well, uh, uh, an almost full size adult. An almost full sized human Australian adult, yeah. or a, because I often get asked, "Aren't you a little tall for a jawa?" You do. I okay. do get asked that. Yeah. And I also yeah, get asked, aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? Yeah. Now, if I had a dollar for every time I got asked that second question, I would go out eight hours a day, five days a week. So so the jowl is uh, the, 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 the round brown robe with a... Uh, um the glowing eyes. You can't see the face. It's no, all black. Right. The glowing eyes. So black and shroud, yeah. the bandana. The bandolier. bandolier, bandolier. The bandolier. A World War... One replica b- bandolier. So, so what would a bandolier normally be used for? Oh, for bullets. Yeah, for bullets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for, the, the, for ammunition. ammunition in you know, whatever they were using, whatever rounds, like yeah. probably around 7.62 um, in the First World War or something. So what? so would you say that that's potentially an intimidating costume? No, out, not out when of, I'm wearing it. Out, out of context without any other Star Wars characters around to, to help with it. it definitely people would probably give it a second look. So I had... Wandered off, and then I then went back to join rejoin the group because I figured, okay, they're all they've all been rehydrated and they're going to head off. And you guys had headed off, and then I'm like, oh, I said to do the go to the display where the police were, the police and the fire brigade, I think were there, and the ambos, and it was a community event, and so I headed that way, and then. You guys are having photos taken, and then one the the sergeant I think actually asked me if I'd been over to by the drum circle. 
And I said, yes, why is that? And he goes, oh, because I've had a report of a terrorist activity. It's like, no, okay. <laughs> that would be me then. Not that I was doing anything terrorising. And I went, you're joking. And he's like, no, I'm not. Very seriously. I'm like, my thing is you're joking, somebody would do that. But he thought I'm like, you're joking to me, that didn't actually happen, nobody reported, but somebody had. So there had been some concerns about me being there wandering around with a bandolier strapped to my chest. But good to see how um, how seriously they took that. Yeah, it well. did. They didn't take it seriously at all. So that's a good thing. But the officer, not well, not that officer, the younger officer, had asked because he had a taser, and he wondered what the effect would be on a jower. I'm, I'm with him. I, I think we should actually <laughs> test that out. Yeah. I'm like, let's do it. Yeah, I thought it'd be fun. His superior didn't think so. No, and. Paperwork told, Yeah paperwork I guess Told him off for it But as it was probably A little bit of banter It's probably what they do They probably would have Said that to anybody yep. Dressed as a joa No they would have Said that to probably anybody And So then I had a photo taken Now I already had A couple of photos taken Beforehand Some really good shots Oh that's right This gets worse <laughs> oh, yeah, It was a big It was a big event Yeah And I had a photo taken Of me being arrested And I was in a arrest pose Surrounded by stormtroopers And being arrested by The officer uh, New South Wales Police with his handcuffs and photos were taken which I then would post on social media and then New South Wales Police contacted me that's that's a bit where it sounds where it goes worse but it wasn't they were quite delighted around about that time Queensland Police were doing a fantastic job on social media with their engagement with funny posts and people would share in the crap out of their stuff New South Wales probably not so much but they saw an opportunity there and they asked can they Post that. And I said, yeah, sure, fine. Can you just can you just credit like a link? Because I thought they were just going to do it on Instagram. Because that's why I posted it on Instagram. Just do a link back to me. So they posted it on Facebook, and they've probably got hundreds of thousands of likes on there. And then what happened from that is, whoever wrote it wasn't a Star Wars fan. They mislabeled me as a Jedi, and that's where it got worse. It's like the whole the whole fan community was up. Uproar and people started rioting. I had dare no. There was some flack over that from some fans for various reasons. There were people going, "That's not a like who? Are you? That's a Jawa. That's not a that's not a Jedi." And others were going, "Well, which side?" And people who recognised being a Jawa, well, which side is is the New South Wales Police Force on on the dark side? Because here you are with stormtroopers in the back. You know, you're fully supporting the Empire. So it was, they were like, you know, what sort of political statement are you making? It's crazy how people's heads Yeah, spin and like also because then some people, were, some people were having a go, like, you know, tax, taxpayers' money, getting all these New South Wales police dressed up in stormtrooper outfits. And I actually made, huh. I made a comment and I just said, that's not, that actually, there was somebody else who made a comment and I just backed it up. I can't remember who it was. They weren't in the Legion or anything, but they pointed out the fact that these are, it was a, it was a festival, it was a volun- these are volunteers, the police were there anyway. It's not like they were called out. That, their job was community engagement and a photo was taken. I think it could have been Junkie, Junkie, the web, social media, uh, and they have a website, Junkie Me, not, not, not junky media. I think it would be chunky. They had done a post about it. And they're having a go at New South Wales Police for having completely stuffed up this. They had a chance to make a humorous post, but they stuffed it up because they 
confused a Jawa with a Jedi. And there was comments on, it might have been that blog post, saying that they, they'd taken the, the story that far to say that it was indicative of police br- brutality yeah. on that, uh, an indigenous population. That was the next... The, the Jawa, obviously, is an indigenous... Yeah, that was the next bit, because somebody, somebody had just said that the Jawa... Jawas tend to steal things, so that's why he's been arrested. And they're indigenous... Um, part of the indigenous population of Tatooine. So then Mashable made a post. Because, sorry, somebody ended up sharing it. It was um, Senator Ludlam, um, a Green senator, had shared it. And that's when things got out of hand because then people were then saying how insensitive it was that about uh, Aboriginal youth in custody, Indigenous youth in custody in Northern Territory had been, had been beaten up. Which is terrible, absolutely terrible, and it was happening in that time. But they take this, they link these two events, like, but they're not even related. They weren't; they were completely unrelated, and things got out of hand. You know, I had a senator of a senator of Australia sharing the, these posts about how terrible it was. He was attacking New South Wales Police for encouraging this this wanton behaviour, and. Then, Did yeah. the police ever reach out to you again and talk about it? No, that? no. The CO of the garrison at that time, Link, did um, ring me actually because he had got a phone call from Disney. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Going, what the hell is happening down there? What are you guys doing? It's just there, madness. Yeah. There was definitely some lessons learned though. From, from, from that point, like, like, it was such an innocent photo. Like being there, um, you know, being, being part of that. Everybody was having a great time. It was just a bit of, uh, you know, a bit of banter with with the police force, and and people were around watching us get the photo taken, and and everyone was having a great time. And then it's it's amazing once it's out of that that context and that environment, just what how that can be manipulated and oh, turned into people something their completely own different. Yeah. yeah, and I'd almost use the word Chinese whispers. I don't know if we're allowed to say Chinese whispers anymore. Have we replaced that with something else? I don't know. People are going to be outraged by this SJ, part of the podcast. SJW whispers. <laughs> yeah, that all blew, blew up because then I thought I can write about this and just show the hypocrisy of a couple of different media companies of who I followed all their, I liked all their pages and stuff, and I was fine with it. But it, it was certain writers for those for those websites had taken something. And maybe they took it because they went, ooh, bit of controversy. People, engagement, people share and like and comment and, and um, tag their friends in it. So it'll get out. So I, I started to draft this thing just to point it all out. And I went, no, hang on a sec, don't. Because if I put that out there and then I embarrass the people, like the senator and whoever the writers of those things were who took things out of context, then it would be a case of one-upmanship where then they feel they need to attack me. <laughs> so I said... No, it's the Streisand effect. <laughs> I just went, no, nah, I'll wait. And you know, a few days later, nobody's talking about it, and it was fine. There was so, an next clip back to it to, to happen. and Yeah, it would have been more. They would have loved it. They would have absolutely loved it. But there was something interesting that happened is we got interviewed for the TV that day as well. Oh, that was my first interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I got Paul to do most of the talk because I was dressed up as Jawa, and I thought it would probably be better to have a, a Stormtrooper as the face, yeah, I and was very green at that point. So well, it wasn't wasn't all your fault, but we're talking about why we were there to support this event, and it was a, it was about 
what was it called? The Living Smart? Living yeah. Smarter or Living Smart Living Festival? Living Smart Festival. It was about green and the environment and all sorts of stuff. So we we're saying, yeah, we are here because we support these values and these ideas and blah, blah, blah. We wrap ourselves up in plastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just an off-the-cuff thing, Paul just said that, that you know, when you consider the devastation at the Death Star in Return of the Jedi, the impact of that on on Endor or the moons around the gas giant Endor <laughs> and the, the, the ecological devastation. He just said a few things. It was like very short. It was funny. It was nonsensical. Yeah. And that's all they used. Yep. Lovely. There was all this other stuff. That was a little bit more interesting to, to use. But fortunately, I, I, well, I struggled to hear, understand myself because they had the bucket on and everything like that. But, yeah, it was... But the media do this all the time. They yeah. just take the most farcical shit oh, yeah. and put it in there. Like it, When we had the we had a, a costume day in town and like we thought they were doing all these interviews. And, and this, was, this was a, a wide range of different costumes. Yeah, it wasn't just the there was... Just go through it. Just be people an idea. There was superheroes, superheroes, Star Wars, ha- Harry Potter, Star Wars, some anime, anime characters, lots of cool dinosaurs, dinosaurs, it's fantastic triceratops, ter- probably the best Iron Man costume in Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, the whole heap. So they did all these talking to people interviews, lots. And because we were being interviewed for... It was some sort of... I was almost said getaway, but it's not. I can't One remember. of those lifestyle programs. Yeah, I, I can't remember. But the footage that they used was just bizarre. But they... Because it was channel... wacky comic book fans. No, it was... It was the, the crew also were given footage to NBN. So that... It was on the nightly news. Yeah. So and we, we were under the impression that it was some sort of... Was an in, an interview or a, a segment about costuming? A community? No, no, it, it was, was Facebook communities. It was Facebook communities. Facebook groups. Yeah, reached out. There was reached out to several people in Newcastle, but also other groups. So it was to do with knitting, knitting, and, and anything to do with any group, especially local ones on Facebook, and how people come together. On pe- Facebook. Yeah, and connect and build le- these friendships and do end up doing event, I guess events and stuff, but get to see each other offline. Yeah, so and that, it was when we got, get it together on the app. I thought it was going to be a whole series. I no. thought so. They just showed like a majority of it. They showed the knitting and the the plant groups, and then it cut to us, and it's like this crazy person dancing. In the street. No, no, th- not for that bit. There it was, was no that was it was in the news that night. Was the crazy person? Okay. So on the news that night, yes, we had this event in Newcastle and this person who, were they even wearing a costume? They were there with us. They were there with somebody oh, no, wearing definitely. a costume. Look, was it a costume? Nothing against was them. It? No, nothing against them. Ah, uh, you know, it could have been just Jessica Jones. Yep. And, but for some reason they were bouncing around like a gibbon. Yeah. And that was captured on, by the video camera and that's what they put up there and it was <laughs> like, <laughs> who did that? <laughs> I, I don't even remember this person. They probably just did it for seconds and then stood up and were normal for the rest of the time. So yeah, that's, that's that yeah. crazy story. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting way that the, anybody can do it. I mean, I could recut this whole podcast to be completely different. Oh, yeah. It just depends on the way it's edited as well as the background music. And you come in later and just add your own words in. Yeah. Depends what agenda you've got. Yeah. Well, Glenn's male. No, it's a gender. Oh, a not gender. my gender. Sorry. 
Yeah, I'm a cis male. Yep. Okay. I'm a cisgender male. Good. E him? Yeah. Okay. Do with that just for today. You don't want a they? Oh, it depends on what podcast I'm doing. <laughs> I could be doing my own podcast and I just want to refer to myself in the in another person and call myself we. We. Yeah. yeah. How does a jower identify? Through smell. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's one. That's one of the ways Jawas communicate. Actually, they have two. Jawas actually uses scents and smells to be able to convey whole messages. And they shit but in their hands. <laughs> and no, and oh, what I'm talking about is more serious. But then there's a, a there's a Jawa trade talk that they will do with moisture farmers. We'll be covering it in another podcast. Actually, there's going to be a whole episode just on Jawas because everybody's sick of me bringing them up every time. All right, let's finish off the Legion stuff. <laughs> Cutting back. Yeah. Should I flag it? Yeah. No, it doesn't show it on the... Doesn't? No, no. it's only on that. Okay. All right, start again. <laughs> it's our pleasure to announce that we have, live in the Vader's Risk studio, Dengar, the Bounty Hunter. Thanks, boys. Great to be here. Let's start at the beginning of your career. What was your first bounty hunter job? Funny enough, it was Tatooine. Everything seems to start on Tatooine. True that, but it's a combination of the target being a noob, and they tend to give those ones to the freshest hunters, and they tend to be low bounties too. So why Tatooine? As I said before, I was so rudely interrupted. Sorry. That's two. You don't want to find out what happens on the third strike. Now, getting back to the story at hand... Noobs tend to be on the run, on the cheapest flights, and typically it don't matter if you've booked passage to Coruscant or Corellia, they're going to dump you on Tatooine. Were you prepared for it? Well, I thought I was, but my budget was limited and my terrain tracker was cheap and faulty, so I had to find out other means in which to know the lay of the land. What did you do then? I bought something off some locals. Joars. Yes, Joars. Filthy little Junsey pygmies. Bad experience? You could say that, yes. I bought a map off them. Complete waste of 10 Imperial credits it was. Something wrong with the map? Turns out it was an ordinary sheet of sandpaper. Did your luck improve from there? Yeah, I could walk here monkey lizard from who knows where who stayed away in my backpack. I sold him, or bartered rather, the monkey lizard to an up crime lord in exchange for information on my target's whereabouts. Did you get your man? I did, but what was left of him? He had to run with some local Tuscan Raiders, and he was rather worse for wear. A successful bounty then? You could say that, or truth be told, I barely broke even. But it's all about experience, really, and networking opportunities. Anyway, lads, I've got to go, because my mobile device here is chimed, and he's informed me of some local booty. You got a bounty notification? No, booty. I'm on Tinder, and it appears I've got myself a match. I'd best be off then. Thanks again, Dengar, and best of luck with your latest bounty, sorry, booty call, and we'd love to have you back on the show. Yeah, let's do this again, boys, and I'll tell you all about the night I had with the Tonica sisters. Can't wait. In the meantime, can you sum it up in one word? It was diabolical. So your very first official troop was at Rutherford. Yeah, it was for um, uh, an event called Kiss Goodbye to uh, Multiple Sclerosis. Yeah, so. th- that's a, and that's definitely something that Clive has a passion for. It's def- very much on his heart. 
That's right. So the the event was at um at Woolworths, and I believe his daughter at the time worked there. Yeah, he's a manager there. Yeah. yeah. So Clive's one of our um our snow troopers. So yeah, it was a, a great event. It was a, a nice busy um thoroughfare. We're just outside of um the the entrance to, to Woolworths. So we've got lots of photos. Made lots of people. Smile. So you had two stormtroopers, a Joar and a snow trooper. And I th- got a feeling that no Craig wouldn't have attended that one. I don't think. No, I'm getting confused with Craig and Clive. No. Yep. Yep. Oh, that's right. Because then Craig would become a stormtrooper, a snow trooper as well. As well. Yep. I'm going to have to cut that bit out and make sure I edit it right, so Craig doesn't have a vendetta against me for accidentally calling him a stormtrooper. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a it was a good, I think, first official troop, and it was a nice smaller one. And that, they're the sort of events that I think I prefer. I, I like the smaller community style events, the ones that they help you know, the the local people out or um, you know, a local cause. Big cons are fun, like the the supernovas and and the, the comic cons are fun, but they're very different. They're a lot more showy, and it's more about the the genre, the costume, and the, the and spectacle. mateship. Oh, well, it's all about mateship. But hanging out with friends and new friends, because then you at those cons, you're then exposed to more people who've come from further afield That's around it. the state, or even Australia, or even. Guys coming from New Zealand, guys and girls coming from New Zealand, come over and you get to hang out and you get to meet people and chat. So you might spend a few hours in costume, but the rest of the time you're meeting other people who have share the same passion. And then you go out for dinner that night. That's right, and and they're multi day events too. So um, well, they were. This is well, they, they were BC yeah. before COVID. So um, yeah, and, and I do love the the big conf- like the, the conventions that that occur. But um, yeah, I think my my passion is is definitely the smaller ones, especially. Yeah, you know, um, well, you've got Dream Night as well. I've done a, a couple of Dream Night, and they're they're big. They're they're draining for a, you know emotionally draining because of you know that that's where Taronga Zoo. I don't know if you've spoken about this on the podcast before, but that's where Taronga Zoo. Uh, after hours, they open up the the zoo to to families of um uh, of children that have got um you know various disabilities and challenges. So it's a great opportunity to to sort of interact with people that just frankly you know. Getting their family out for a day and to, to go do something is a, is really difficult. So you know, Taronga Zoo doing this event for them um, each year is 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 brilliant and spectacular because they they get to see the animals. That's right. But then they also get to see Star Wars and superheroes and other and dinosaurs as well. It was this fantastic uh, group of dinosaurs that was there. But it's yeah, it's it's an incredibly awarding. Um, experience but it's yeah it's, it's emotionally draining but also the weather tends to be extremely humid oh, when it's December nights on and so being in costume it's um yeah it really takes it out of you so you know by the time you sort of you've driven down from Newcastle and you get there nice and early and then you, you know, sort of get into to kit and, and do the event for a couple of hours and then by the time you're done um you know that it's dark the bats are flying over filling up the trees and um, and yeah, you're trying to, to, to fit everything back into your, your kit bags um, and then you've got to drive back home. Yeah, especially the last one we did because January 2020, Australia was on fire. A billion animals died. It's a great way to kick off 2020 and everything that happened. But that was December 2019 and there was already fires in a lot of places around the state as well as Australia. And it was very hazy with fog and humid and you're in these costumes yeah, those dinosaur costumes had their own <laughs> ecosystem. They were like rainforests inside. But then you've got the um, the the events that I think I like the most are probably the the local children's hospital. So we will 
try to, you know, we haven't recently because of COVID, but, you know, we'll, we'll try and get along to um, to John Hunter Hospital and, and spend some time with the, the kids there. Yeah, it, it's an incredible experience and, and it definitely makes you, it, it's those experiences that I think helps bond the, the camaraderie um, amongst the, the your fellow troopers. Um, you know, having gone through that, those sort of experiences together and, yeah, seeing the kids. You know, like I remember going into to one of the rooms and, and um, there was a kid who was a little bit standoffish and, and you know, he didn't really want us in there but the parents said, oh, come on in if you like and he hasn't been interactive with anybody, he hasn't been happy for, for days and we were there for only, I reckon, about five minutes and we turned that kid around. I mean, he... Yeah, really quickly opened up to us. I mean, we weren't people in costumes. We were stormtroopers that had just stepped off the uh, off a star destroyer, and we're here to visit him. He was and a teenager. No, 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 he was uh, very young. Yeah, right. I'd be saying five-ish. Right. Um. You know, and and you know, in, in quite a, a critical condition. But yeah, we were, we were able to visit him, and you know, he he it was all of a sudden he was just talking, like you couldn't shut him up. He was just you know. Had so much energy, so much, um, yeah, yeah, uh, life, and then yeah, we would give him, you know, like he said, oh, "Do you want to hold our our blaster?" And so you know, we he held that for a little while, and you know, it's to him, it's not a three D printed bit of plastic or a, a bit of resin or whatever. It's it's an actual blaster from Star Wars with the safety on. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, not that we could hit anything anyway. But it's you know, it's a yeah, it's a blaster from Star Wars, and he's like, your eyes are just lit up and. And then, you know, we, he doesn't stop talking about us for, for like a couple of days. And, yep. you know, and, and you get that feedback from the hospital staff. And, you know, the, the, the families, are, you know, they're, they're all upset. And then that gets us, you know, we're sort of upset about it. But it's excellent. It's a great feeling. And you've made that kid not think about the troubles that they're going through for, you know, while it's, it, we're only there for maybe five, five minutes for that visit. You know that goes for you know that you know, resonates with that child for mm. a long time, long time after that. So they they've forgotten their troubles for a little while. Yeah. So and the photos that are taken that the family take. That's right. And because the reason why I asked about teen because there was one of the trips we did there and it wasn't a because we do the Starlight Christmas party every we did every December we didn't do it last year and we it was another time we went there during the year and there was a teenager in the oncology ward and. After we had visited and we're heading off, because I was wrangling that day and a nurse ran up and had a chat to me and she was just beside herself because it's the first time they'd seen this kid smile in weeks. It's very special what we do. And I don't say that in a boasting or egotistical way because at the end of the day, they don't even know who we are because we're wearing a costume. They wouldn't recognise us out on the street. It's yeah. it's an absolute privilege, it really is. Um, you know, there, there are so many reasons to, to get involved in, in the Legion. People do it for different reasons as well. Some people really love the costume building. And and, 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 uh, and I said before, I, I couldn't build my, my Stormtrooper costume. I was no good on the tools, so I got it commissioned to get in and got it made. And... You know, and I've since learned how to look after my costume and do bits and pieces to it. And yes, you know, so I don't have that fear repairs of, and stuff. Yeah, I don't have that fear of cutting into the the, the plastic or anything like that um, anymore. That, but but it's intimidating because they're expensive kits to, to to buy. But so some people get into the into the to Legion because they, they absolutely love the costuming. I mean, some of the guys like they you know, guys and girls that is. But you've got the stormtroopers are what they call the stunt troopers, which are you know just the, the everyday cannon fodder. Um, and they're not necessarily the ones that we're up close on on screen, 
they might be a little bit further back. And then you've got your um, you know, the the hero troopers or the, you know the extra level ones. And you know, in in the five first CRL guide, the costume reference library, that's you know the, the centurion troopers, and they take a lot more effort um, to to get them up to that approval level because there's you know you you've got to be making sure you you're using the right gear, the right screws, and the right all this stuff. Yeah, the hidden the. Yeah. Rubber washing up gloves, yeah. Instead of the leather one, I prefer the leather. <laughs> but to be screen accurate, or I call onset accurate, you need to have black washing up gloves, which are terrible to troop in because you're sweating them. That's it. You have all your sweat running out. But I, I, I did say when you're out in public, nobody recognises you. But we've been recognised out in public. <laughs> yeah, we have at, yeah. at McDonald's. Yeah, that's right. We we went for it. Was it after? Uh, it was. I think it was after Hit FM. Before we headed to the John Hunter. Yeah. I think there was – we stopped for breakfast, Paul and I, at McDonald's, King Street, Newcastle. And we just sat down there and beside us was a, a mother and her school-aged daughter, seven or eight. I, I think guess. we were wearing our garrison shirts, weren't we? Our squad shirts. Squad shirts, was it? Yeah. Yep. And the mother got up to go have a – to go get something else, maybe another – a coffee refill or something. And the young girl um, kind of leans over and goes, I know who you guys are. Like, oh, really? Now, yeah, you're stormtroopers. And we're just wearing a, gar- we're a squad shirt. You guys were hanging around my school. <laughs> <laughs> that, no, she said we'd been to her school. She'd yep. said that we'd been there and was like, oh, wow. Paul goes, what school did you go to? And then she goes, Mom, what school do I go to? These guys want to know. <laughs> and I was ready to get arrested right there and then. <laughs> And then the mother came back <laughs> and she recognised us too. Yeah. Thank goodness for that. She didn't get on the phone of the police. So and did you just have the squad shirts on? Yeah. Oh, we had pants on oh, as okay. well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we had pants on and she's like, yeah. And she had a photo of her with Paul on her phone. Oh, wow. In his stormtrooper outfit. Oh, yeah, good, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> there was nothing untoward. There wasn't some illicit affair happening in the background there. All right. But that... I'm pretty sure that girl had your eyes. <laughs> Joking. <laughs> but we had um, – yeah, I mean, there's so many reasons to, to join, like the um – <laughs> Access to school kids. <laughs> this is why I think the um, the, the work of a children's check should be mandatory. <laughs> Do you want to protect your community? Is your passion to bring imperial law and order to planets farthest from the bright centre of the universe? Do you believe that hokey religions and ancient weapons are no match for a good blaster at your side? Then join the Moss Isley Police Department. Serve. Hold on. Hold on. Protect. And help find the droids we're looking for. Attend your local Imperial Recruitment Centre now. Part of the Legion is a well, part of the big part of the Legion is uh, merch. So would you would you be deep in merch? Not really. It's never held a massive fascination for me. Um, I get why it is. Uh, yeah, but you know, you, you see, it, it's a. I mean, it's a. It's a great bit of social fun for a lot of the the, the members. Like they'll get together at some of the events and they'll be swapping merch and. 
patches um, and coins patches, and yeah. things, stickers. Yeah, I mean, I've got my fair share of it, but, um, you know, if it's a little bit more, um, you know, if it's about a troop that I've done, that means something to me, or if it's, the, you know, something to do with the squad, I'll, I'll hang on to, you know, squad coins or, or patches. But no, I'm not big on that. It, it really doesn't. I've got enough patches to fill my garrison shirt, you know, and that pretty much does it for me. I, I just don't need to collect anything more. So, okay, so you have moved some of the patches to the shirt. You've yeah, attached. Is there any on that one? Yeah, there is. I think I've got you know, a command pip on there. Um, was that the one that I gave to everybody who was in the squad? I'm not sure if that was a garrison one. It could have been. Yeah. What that little coin? Little. That yeah. Oh, you didn't get one. Obviously not. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my um, the detachment. The, the big detachment uh, uh, patch on the back there for um, for the the first Imperial Stormtrooper detachment. Some of the the garrison and squad command patches, but yeah, some people like to actually. Oh, and I've I've just got the the Legion patch on on one of my um my sleeves, and you know, I appreciate why other people do it, but yes, yeah, just not my my thing. Sort of over the last few years, I've really enjoyed getting into like um, flexing some muscles in terms of just being able to learn how to organize stuff. So like I've now uh, been squad leader for a little while now. And back before COVID, when we could actually do stuff, um, you know, it was fun to to do things like little workshops with the, like a command crew and try and plan out what the next year's of act, like worth of activities are going to look like, or you know, what we're going to do on on social media, or um, you know, like do like a fan day and things like that. So things like that, I, I've I've found have been really beneficial for um, for I guess personal growth, but also it's helped me a career career level as well. Been able to grow some of my skills for you know I'm a project manager for work so been able to flex some of those muscles and and you know learn how to do some facilitation and things like that so um, yeah I know some like that, that's some of the stuff that other people are into so there's yeah there's lots of reasons to join you know whether some people like that leadership stuff some people like building costumes some people do it for the trooping um, some people do it for the uh, the camaraderie so what's one piece of advice you'd give somebody that wants to look at joining reach out to us. You know, I, I when I, my, my sort of journey was a little bit uh, introverted because, you know, that's my character. I, I'm not great with reaching out and talking to people and making that first contact. But I would absolutely say that's the the, the best way to do it. So the, there's a wealth of knowledge um, in the Legion for for reasons to join, for how to join, what trooping's like. Um, you know, you can even pop along and join troops in that wrangling fashion. I mean, I spent 18 months doing it. When and troops come back, when troops <laughs> come back, yeah, yeah, that's but the hardest part. Well, yeah, it, but no, yeah. pretending, pretending COVID never happened. A person doesn't even need to have either a costume that you commissioned or have a cost. They could just go. I love Star Wars, and I want to see what you guys do. And you could come along, and you could become a wrangler and help out at events. I mean, and also because there have been some who have come who have entered that way. And they didn't know what costume. And then they decided which costume based on the fact how hard it was or difficult it was to get dressed up, the limitations. And some of our members are like Jason, you know, his, his wife Genevieve has um, never really wanted to do a costume and but she loves wrangling. She likes being yep. part of the group through through that channel uh, yeah. by itself. So, But, yeah, absolutely. I, I think the, the best thing is to, to just reach out and make contact and you know the website 501scg.org has got a load of information on it links off through to the main garrison um, and sorry the main legion site but it sort of talks about 
what you would need to build a costume, some of the tools you would need if you want to go down that path, which is all advice from from our membership and also links into the the forums. So, um, you know, a, a, a lot of people don't use forums these days, but it's still a great source of information for Legion or cadets, people that are wanting to get into to the costuming. They can jump on there, just announce. You know, What's a cadet? Cadet is somebody that is looking to join the Legion and um, has got a or well, started their journey. With, has with, a costume and with, is building it. Yeah, yeah, that that started the journey with building a costume. It's, yeah, because there's a, a, I think there's a different amount of access to the forum, isn't there? Yeah, I think before that you're just a guest and um, yeah, very limited access. And then with Cadet, you see a little bit more. But yeah, it's it's the forums are a wealth of information. So you know, you can just say, "Hey, I'm looking to build this costume," and somebody will know something about that yep. costume. Be able to direct you in the right the right location oh, because going 20 years ago forums before social media forums were the way for people to interact socially and it can be a bit daunting for some people to join up but simply just go there register you pick your own username your password and your email address and that gets sent to you you get verified and then you can have access and you can start reading the different threads that's conversations and you can even introduce yourself there's fr- not fresh meat what is it New recruits, yeah. new recruits. There's a sub forum, and you can just go in there, say hello. I'm such and such from. Just say where you are. Like if you're from Newcastle, say you're from Newcastle, and then you'll find that a lot of other people from Newcastle going, "Oh, I'm from Newcastle as well." And then you can start interacting with people. We've also got um, a Facebook group as well, um, an Imperial Recruitment Office, and that's reasonably active. You know, we've got quite a few new cadets in there. One guy's almost completed a, a sand trooper and, yeah, it, it looks phenomenal. So I'm looking forward to, to him getting his numbers and being able to get out and, and troop with us. Great sort of uh, platform to, to use because it's obviously more modern than familiar technology. Yeah, notifications. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that, that I found that to be a pretty good forum. And that also, you know, will often link back to some of the other resources. But it's some of the stuff that when you're first looking at joining, I mean, the, the, one of the hardest decisions for a lot of people is what costume they're going to build. I, mean, I knew from the outset I wanted to be a Stormtrooper first and foremost. Yeah, because it's such a, an iconic character. But a lot of people just say, oh, I want to be part of this, don't know what character I want to do. And you can get lost in the, the costume reference library. There's yeah. so many options. It's also to do with how much money you got as well. Because we're talking like, let's say $1,000 to do something that involves hard plastic. But if you want to go in a bit more, you know, around the $500 mark, definitely, you know, have a look at Joa's. Or Imperial Bridge Crew. That's my other big thing that I love. It's a soft costume and it just rocks. Actually, I think everybody, doesn't matter what costume you've got, should do an Imperial Bridge Crew so you can wear it when you don't feel like wearing something hard and plastic. Uh, if you had to pick one force power only, which force power would you pick? Oh, man, that's hard. I know. That's really hard. See, I want to keep saying force lightning, but I think it's got limited using. Lot use. Maybe charge my phone a bit with it. <laughs> um, oh, maybe pulling would be useful. Force pulling. Yeah, force pulling. <laughs> All right, let's go with that. <laughs> uh, and uh, I'll throw the other one would be uh, what's your best and worst Star Wars purchases you've ever made? All right, my best Star Wars purchase. Oh, I've got a few. I really do like that Rancor that I got from I was going to say, it's got to be the Rancor, that, right? It's got a lot of nostalgia there yeah. for me. All right, Rancor wins best. Yeah, I, I do actually have... I've got a, a prototype um, resin cast of Zam Wessel's speeder from Attack of the Clones. That's pretty cool. 
Kadokian. Yep, so that because obviously that was all filmed at um, Fox Studios in, in Sydney, so I had some connections that worked at Fox Studios at the time. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. All right. What about your worst? I've got a Jar Jar Banks lollipop dispenser. Like, oh, it's a lollipop thing. It's it's weird. You 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 push it, push the head up, and out pops the candy, but the candy is his tongue. So you're supposed to suck face on Jar Jar's tongue. That's incredible. So it's it's creepy. It's weird. I kind of love it because of that. Yeah, I love that. That's that's incredible. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> so. But fair enough. That's that's your worst. Once again, thanks for joining us. You are an integral part of where Vader's wrist came from. We haven't ever got into that yet. Well, well there might be a group one. Maybe. Depends if they show up. The four of us. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great to get the wrist together. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, once again, thank you, mate. It's always awesome talking to good friends, talking about Star Wars. Yeah, thank you very much. I've really enjoyed it. I've had a, a good time recording this, but also have a, I've had a good time just prepping for, for this, going through... Lots of memories on, on Flickr and on Facebook. Lots of old trooping photos, even before it was trooping, um, just hanging out with everybody. So it's been a, a good trip down memory lane. Awesome. Have you done this before? You've done a podcast before? No, this is my first podcast. Oh, he's a virgin. Podcast. I listen to lots, but I uh, haven't been on one. Long-time podcast listener, first-time podcast interviewee. Paul Hempsall, thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening to the latest Vader's Wrist podcast episode. Special thanks to Paul Hempsall, Dengar, Travis Van Gaal, and a fishy swinging simian by the name of Stonk. Stonk was trained by Brenton Portis and looked after by Glenn Fredericks. Thank you to Mixkit.co for the intro song and Chai Miracle on freesound.org for the backing track for the Moss Eisley Police Department ad. The outro song, which is playing right now, was performed and recorded by Stealing Orchestra, which you'll find at www.freemusicarchive.org. The podcast interviews, voiceovers and narration were all recorded on the Roadcaster Pro with editing done in Pro Tools. You can find The Wrist on Facebook. Just do a search for Vader's Wrist. There's also an Instagram account. Predictably, it is at Vader's Wrist. And you can follow on Vader's Wrist on Spotify. Thank you.